What is up, Bitcoiners? I just had an amazing conversation with the legend, Gary Leland. Gary is a the Bitcoin boomer, and he is the organizer and owner of the BitBlock Boom Conference. Um, Gary and I are very good friends, and this was a very wide-ranging conversation. We talked everything from, you know, integrating Bitcoin into your life, getting rid of your stuff and buying Bitcoin all the way to, uh, to you know, what Bitcoin does to society and how it transfers value to people who adopt it. Uh, we talk about Bitcoin community leadership and the Bitcoin 2021 conference, as well as the BitBlock Boom conference. Um, you guys, this was an awesome conversation. I think you guys are going to really enjoy it. Before we get into it, though, we got to talk about the Bitcoin 2021 conference uh, this is the Bitcoin event of the year. Gary is going to be there. I mean, everyone's going to be there. If you've listened to this podcast, you know, I'm just going to list off a name of all the people that are going to be there, but we're going to have a beefsteak in Miami. We are going to have a basketball tournament. We're going to have a runner's uh, little race, a bit a Bitcoin runner's race. I mean, in terms of satellite events, all in, in and around the conference, supporting the conference leading up to the event, there is going to be an absolute jam-packed schedule of stuff happening in Miami for Bitcoin 2021. It's going to be a Bitcoin week in Miami. You guys can go to the conference by going to b.tc forward slash conference and using promo code Satoshi to save yourself 10% off of tickets. Again, go to the speaker page when you're on the website. It's going to be absolutely jam-packed with every single top speaker in the space. Jack Dorsey, Michael Saylor, Chamath, Tony Hawk, Nick Zabo. That's just the tip of the spear there. There's so many more. Warren Davidson, our queen, Cynthia Lummis. There's so many, so many. So go to the website, b.tc forward slash conference and use promo code Satoshi to save yourself 10% off. All right, that's enough of me. Let's get into this interview with Gary Leland. Yeah. Hey, Bitcoiners. I'm sitting here with Gary. Uh, Gary and I have have talked several times, but um, he is one of the best stat sat stacker out there especially uh when it comes to buying the dip and uh both him and i uh pretty much emptied out our uh our bank accounts buying uh buying the dip uh was a bloody thursday or something like that march 12th yeah i just know it was in march it was a a day i'll remember but you know see that's when you know that you understand bitcoin is when you see it go from what was it that morning like eight and it drops to under four and you're buying you know i'm buying at seven i'm buying at six i'm buying at five i'm buying at four when it goes under four all my accounts are empty and i'm trying to figure out how to get some more cash so i can say i bought under three under four which i didn't uh, i have to admit but it was a hell of a day but that's when you know that you understand bitcoin when you're not scared and you're going wow this is a hell of a deal they're on sale you're not going oh my gosh i hope i hope it doesn't go to zero you know because that's the two ways you could look at it no, totally. And I mean, I think that that's when you know that you understand any asset, like it's really profitable to understand Bitcoin. But I was talking to my cousin who's, you know, he's buying some Bitcoin, but he's 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 still into like, I want to be an investor. I want to be a trader. I'm going to do the stock market thing. And I'm trying to tell him like, it's all about like, when you buy, it's about knowing the asset, like the back of your hand and, and, uh, having the balls to buy the blood. And I feel like we have achieved that for Bitcoin. Like, you know, when I, I, I remember I woke up that day, it was th- uh, Thursday, the 12th of March. And I, I can't believe you know the date. Phone. I don't even know the date. I just don't, oh. I can't, I can't go on. Remember back in March. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Um, opened up my phone, went to cash app and I was like, holy shit, $6,000 Bitcoin. And then I just immediately bought with my entire cash app balance. And then uh, I just kept following it that day. And, you know, every chance I got to stack, I did. And then I did a live stream with POV Crypto. And we did like this big group live stream and uh, had all these Bitcoin OGs on and just, you know, talking about experiencing this massive price drop across, you know, all of these assets. And the entire time we're celebrating saying like, hey, you know, this is crazy, but we're here for it. And we're buying the dip. We're buying the blood. And that was just an epic day. Uh, I I remember it vividly. And it turned out to be a very profitable day. (laughs) 
I know I need to rewatch uh, the live stream on the POV crypto uh, li- uh, YouTube. Uh, I should I should watch back and see like what were we saying uh, on on March twelfth when it was happening. I, I kind of it's a little blurry. Yeah, it's, it's hard to believe that was really just one year ago. Bitcoin got to under four thousand dollars, and here we're sitting at fifty six something today. You know, and and over the last it's, it's a dip <laughs> two weeks. We've hit sixty. We broke sixty a couple of times. We just haven't been able to stay above it. Yeah, and it's a dip now. Yeah, and you were just saying, should I buy some more? It's the dip. You know. Should I buy some now? I'm going, I bought some yesterday. I thought, I thought yesterday was the dip. <laughs> how, how do you manage like adjusting your head around the price of Bitcoin, right? Because like you've seen obviously $5,000 Bitcoin, right? So, you know, now right. we're at $50,000 Bitcoin. Like how do you assess in your mind that like, is this cheap Bitcoin? Well, I, I had a hard time with it when it busted 20. You know, when it broke 20, I was like going, Jesus, it's hard to... It was that was uh, I guess the the wall for me was twenty. Um, that's a twenty, and I had a hard time. I, I think I even posted on Twitter is anyone stacks stacks at twenty thousand because I'm going man, you know when you're used to buying it so much so much lower when it passes twenty thousand it was a lot of money now and then once you broke the ice and once I broke the ice and did it I had no issues but I really actually it sounds kind of weird but when it broke sixty. Okay, this is really weird because, you know, we're normally we're thinking we're looking for the dip all the time. You know, we're waiting for the dip. We want to get a good value. But when it broke 60 for the first time, I bought some so I could say I bought over 60. I don't know why I wanted to say I bought over 60. So my your your whole thinking is is whack, whack. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, I mean, I remember me and uh, gosh, I can't believe I'm blanking out on his Twitter handle, but it was it's like the Bitcoin gentleman or something like that. Every time Bitcoin hits an all-time high, he tags me. He's like, did you stack today? Um, and, you know, I, I personally think that um, real Bitcoiners stack the all-time high just because we have so much conviction. They're like, oh, let's go. Let's celebrate by buying Bitcoin. Maybe that's what it was because I did. I remember I said, I need to buy this while it's above 60. So I can, and, and you know, I, normally, I don't know if I wanted to, like, if, it, if something did happen, they'd go, yeah, I bought a 60. Yeah. I don't know. But yeah, I'm not scared of the price anymore. I think that comes with uh, time and experience, you know, and understanding. And like I said, I think that's when you really know that you can see it. Um, Because a lot of people, like especially new people are like, like you were saying earlier, they're wanting to be traders. They're thinking that's your natural thing. I think when you stock, because I want to trade this, do some other cryptos, do some stock. I'm going to make all kind of money doing this kind of stuff. But then once you see it, you just realize you, I've made more money off the Bitcoin I held than when I, back in 2017, when I first got in it and I tried the trading crap, you know, and had some bags, but I did, I did see this morning, uh, I was looking at, uh, 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 some prices and I have some Bitcoin gold bags, you know, from when they gave those out and it was like $6 or something. It wasn't even worth, you know, messing with. And now it's like a hundred bucks or something. So I'm going to cash those in today, trade those for some Bitcoin. Because it wasn't worth even figuring out where they're at, you know, before. Now I'll trade it for some Bitcoin. I'm kind of kind of excited. Yeah. I mean, it's it's they call they call them crypto dividends back in 2017. Um, yeah. I, I, I try just not to move my coins. So I'm pretty, it has to be a hell of a dividend for me to move my coins, but um, I guess at some point it's, it's worth it. And, uh, for the people that, you know, traded it at the right time with the Bitcoin cash, as well as Bitcoin gold back in 2017, they, you know, could have added 70% to their Bitcoin stash if they did it perfectly. Um, yeah. so there's well, there was a massive a time, opportunity. Yeah. On I think the there was a time Bitcoin gold was Bitcoin. like $500 or something. I mean, $500 I think- and Bitcoin was $20,000. So right. you could have got a decent amount of BTC on that trade. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was a time it was a good trade. Now I'm trading 100. I would be trading, I, I don't know the price exactly, but I think I saw it was around 100. So I'd be trading $100 gold for 60,000 coin. So it's not quite as good as a deal, but I'll get out of those bags that I have sitting there. Um, Gary, I mean, we should share the screen, but we won't just because it makes things too complicated. But like, the big, all of the four coin charts are in, are just so hilarious. It's just all like straight, straight down. Well, you know what? I want one thing pretty much when Bitcoin goes down, everything goes down. 
What are the stock markets today? I bet they're probably down too because Bitcoin's down. I don't know. I, I haven't really been paying attention to the stocks very much. Just Bitcoin has been so exciting. Oh, let's see. The Dow's down. NASDAQ is P500. You know, I've got stuff in there, though, from, you know, being 66, you know, I, there wasn't Bitcoin 20, 30, 40 years ago. Yeah. So I mean, things were put in there and the IRAs and stuff. But, you know, I have moved all that stuff. I don't want to take it out and pay taxes on it. So I have moved all those into Bitcoin-related companies. Um, That's been know. a great trade. <laughs> That's been a great trade. And my, and my broker, he told me, I did this last year. And my, uh, we use Ameriprise. And he told me, he goes, Gary, even in this bad uh, economy, I've made people 20, 25%. If that's not enough for you, I said, well, I don't, I don't think it is. I need, I need to control that myself. And so and, and um, you crushed them. I have crushed them. I have <laughs> crushed like, them. Have you bought some micro strategy that, that by itself, but Riot, like literally every single Bitcoin related company has done extremely well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I bought Riot. I bought micro strategies. I, I mean, uh, I've done well off of both, especially Riot. Oh my gosh. You know, last March or April, Riot was like a buck. 75 you know when i when i huh 100 no it's like right yeah yeah no it's like uh riot's like 60 bucks right now all right nice yeah so i mean they've done really good huh quick 60x yeah yeah that's uh so that's in there you know i still have that money in there so i do have money in stocks but it's money is just not worth pulling in but you know what's really kind of cool okay so get ready for this starting i think next month I started getting uh, Social Security. <laughs> That's just free money. I've got, I am on the, uh, what is that when they talk about uh, giving money, people just money for a living that uh, Yang wanted to do? A UBI. I, I am getting a UBI, dude. <laughs> and all that UBI is going to go into Bitcoin. <laughs> Let's go. I mean, you if, if every single boomer puts their UBI into Bitcoin, that's like an automatic speculative attack on on the currency because like to be honest like what is the biggest issue for the u.s government it's not you know the real debt that they have it's the impending liability of all the people who are expecting to get their social security checks and are going to right that that impending liability is that's the real issue well you know we were going to wait my wife and i were going to wait till we were 70 to get our uh, social security check because we don't need the money now um, so, but if you wait till you're 70, you get more money, you know, the longer you wait, the more you get every month. But I started thinking about and putting the pin to it. If I take it now, even at the lower amount and just start throwing it into Bitcoin, instead of spending it in that extra four years, I'm going to make a buttload more than I am off of the extra they're going to give me when I turn 70 by waiting till I'm 70. I got to talk to my parents. <laughs> so that's why we did. That's why we did it. Take the money we, now, mom. <laughs> and we put it into Bitcoin. Um, you know, but if you wait till 66, you can make all your income you want. You don't get penalized. You get your full Social Security check. So now we got four years throwing money into Bitcoin every month rather than waiting four years to start taking it. And in that four-year yeah. period, I figure Bitcoin's going to go to the damn moon. So, uh, hell, what have I got to lose? You've got nothing to lose. And That's uh, the way I, I mean, pretty much it. everything to gain. I mean, honestly, we should start a movement, Gary. We should get every boomer who's getting is qualified for Social Security, even if it's on the younger side. Take the money now, auto DCA it, the entire thing into Bitcoin. Yep. I think that's a smart move. I'm not a financial advisor, but that's what I'm doing. <laughs> but, this you know, I'm just, a, I'm just a dumb old boomer, I tell people. Yeah. So I, I don't know what I'm doing, but, but I seem to be figuring it out pretty damn good. I'm pretty I'm pretty happy with my stupid results. No, you're 66 on Riot. No big deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and gosh, micro strategies. I'm not that, but man, that thing's gone to the moon. I mean, sailors, like... My man, he's my hero. <laughs> he's that everyone's is, hero. He is like the Bitcoin bull of all times. I mean, you can't get any stronger, any more bullish than that dude. What did he buy? Another fifteen million yesterday? I mean, he's DCing with MicroStrategy's uh, fifteen million income. every 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 couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, they're cash flow. He's just DCing with it. It's great. Yeah, I always like the quote that I saw, and I, I don't know if I just made this up or if I saw it or who said it or whatever, but 
that when he first bought his Bitcoin, you know, he bought his Bitcoin before MicroStrategies bought theirs. And he bought like maybe 17,000 Bitcoin or some crap. I mean, a lot of Bitcoin. It was a big number, whatever it was. And he went to bed that night and woke up going, I didn't buy enough. <laughs> you know, he was worried, <laughs> you know, but the number, and I may be wrong with the 17, but it was a huge number of Bitcoins he bought. And uh, he woke up scared he had not bought enough. I'm going, oh my gosh. Gary, tell me how you feel about this take. Okay. Okay. So I have a take that the smartest Bitcoin developers haven't been born yet. And the biggest Bitcoin bulls haven't joined Bitcoin yet. Like, yeah. and Michael, Michael Saylor is kind of a good example of this. Like Michael Saylor discovered Bitcoin about a year ago. Mm-hmm. That's right. Eric, t- Eric Weiss. He went, buddy he, he went straight from zero to number one with a bullet as most bullied person who's dumping enormous wealth into this thing in, there, in, in but, no time. No time there, at all. There are people who have more money than Mike Taylor. I know he's got a lot of money, but there are people who got more money than him who haven't discovered Bitcoin yet. Yeah. You know, and I, oh, I'm, thinking, I'm thinking he has no problem getting those guys on board. I mean, do you think that he was responsible for Musk getting on board? Apparently, but he seemed to be talking to him. Yeah, and that's what people say. And now Tesla is running their own node and payment server software. For so you think SpaceX is on their website? You think SpaceX is going to announce that they invested in Bitcoin too? I mean, if he believed well, they it, why would he just have one company buy into Bitcoin? Why wouldn't he? Have- well, they never have to announce it until legally they have to. Yeah, that's what I mean. So I think when they legally have to, you think we're going to hear that they had bought Bitcoin at the same time or? Around their the same he- period, their their head of treasury was at Michael Saylor's conference. People were oh. t- sharing screenshots of that for SpaceX. I'm fairly I'm fairly confident that SpaceX is in Bitcoin, but um, obviously that's an ups- unsubstantiated rumor. Yeah, well, I, I I can believe it is what I'm saying. I guess that's why I brought it up. I have no way to know it. I didn't even know he was there. I'm just going if you believe in it enough to put one in it. What is the one and a half billion dollars in it? You're pretty much saying you believe in it. Why would you just have one of your entities do it? You know, if you believe honestly, in it to that extent. I think SpaceX is even more important to Elon Musk than Tesla is. I feel like Tesla is almost like a front. Oh, well, yeah, I think Tesla, a lot of people confuse Tesla and they just think it's a car company. I think it's much more than a car company. I think it's an energy electricity company, a battery company, a power company. I think that that's just a small part of their the cars are smart, small part of Tesla, you know, so, but Tesla didn't get a bounce when they announced they bought Bitcoin, not like micro strategies did. Flatten so, down. Huh? Flatten down. down. But, yeah, but so Tesla what, was really overhyped before that. And it was like, there was no, there was nothing to back it up. So I feel like that was kind of like too much meme juice. Like it started, it was, it just like kind of like popped it. But I think, I, I think they'll, they'll, they'll bounce back hard at some point. Well, I, th- I, th- I thought there'd be a point. I'm not saying Tesla was the point, but I thought there'd be a point that people announcing they got into Bitcoin wouldn't make as big of a move on it as it did with MicroStrategies. You know, there'd be a point where it's, oh, just another company. Who gives a damn? You know, I mean, it's... Yeah. Even it's though already like that with integrations and services. Now it's like Visa's doing something like, all right, whatever. Like, okay. you know, <laughs> JP Morgan saying like this outrageous thing or much, whatever. How much deal. bullish news have we heard in the last two to three weeks? You know, I mean, every day I'm hearing something super bullish and Bitcoin is just like, going, oh, well, Visa's going to do stuff. Whoop-de-doo. Let's go down a hundred bucks. I mean, you know, you don't hear anything really bad and you hear a ton of bullish news. I mean, I don't know if we could hear much more bullish news on a regular basis. You know, I think that people get used to the status quo and they don't take that into account uh, for their their price, um, you know, their price targets, you know. And, and OK, so in the bear market, there was bullish and bearish things happening, mostly bullish things. Price was down. It didn't matter what the news was. And then in the bull market, OK, it seems like price doesn't really reflect the news very much and you know now that there's all this very bullish news like the fact that it's just consistently like this like it's just normal people kind of just start ignoring it so i don't know that's kind of that's my rationalization is like news doesn't really matter and bitcoin's just kind of doing its thing regardless yeah bitcoin's going to do what it's going to do you know, <laughs> just got to wait for it to do its thing which is going to be go to the moon you know uh i'm gonna have like hey 
I want to know, um, since we're just chatting here, tell me, how many people are going to be in Miami are you guys expecting for Bitcoin 2021? I saw 60,000. I saw 17,000. I mean, I'm seeing all kinds of numbers people talking about. What are y'all expecting down there? Okay, I can give you the official numbers. And I mean, this podcast is going to be released, you know, like in two weeks from now. So the numbers will change. But we are over 4,000 registered attendees, paid and registered attendees for the event. So, and there is, as of today, 58 days until the conference. So these are the biggest days going into a conference. People buy tickets like no tomorrow. We both know the last two months. Yeah, and especially the uh, the last month, right? Um, so we're making a really strong sponsor push right now. This is kind of like the end of the rope for sponsors. This is kind of like the last two weeks. Um, but beyond that, it's it's just ticket sales. Right now we have a, uh, a verbal top. Um, so the venue we're at holds 15,000 at normal capacities. We don't know if we can do that. Uh, although things are looking optimistic, but um, we have a you know a verbal cap at six thousand five hundred, and uh, our team is optimistic that things are going to be able to open up more than that. So, as long as we have capacity and we're allowed to, we're going to sell tickets. Uh, we're on track to one hundred percent sell out for sure. So, unless we get approval to actually increase the amount of tickets that we can sell, um, you know, we're going to sell out in like in the next let's call it month for sure. 100%. You must be, you must be out of tickets to some things though, like the party or the whale event, or, I mean, I would assume, I don't know. I mean, I'm saying you must be, the, but I don't the, know. So I mean, yeah, we're, so, so uh, we, we are pretty much almost out on the after party. It sold out once and we actually got a new venue to, ex- to increase capacity. I uh, but we're at the biggest for, venue we're at now. For the dinner. I have to do that for yeah. our dinner on Friday night. Yeah. That's a nice yeah, yeah, thing so, to have to do. No, it's a good problem to have, but yeah, we're at the biggest venue that we can be at now. So the the cap for the after party is the cap. That's going to sell out before GA tickets sell out. And then the VIP event, we're trying to keep, make sure it doesn't sell out, and we're just going to keep raising the price. So um, Slow down the we're, ticket sales. We're, yeah, we're going to manage the price in order to maintain inventory for that because honestly, like there's going to be some people who are going to be willing to pay a Bitcoin at the door for a whale night ticket. So it's worth it for us to... Oh it's worth it for us to just manage that last, you know, have some last minute inventory there. Um, so yeah. So, you know, hopefully it won't come to this for all the listeners. They can, uh, they can buy their ticket now and be at the conference and not kind of be desperately (laughs) trying to get in at the last minute and have to buy a VIP ticket at a very high price. Um, but, uh, I know you're going to be at whale night. Uh, that's really exciting. Yeah. I, um, I'm looking forward to the whole event, to be honest with you. I, you know, to me, you know, Bitcoin 2019, of course, we didn't get to have it last year. 2019 was uh, a really, uh, really changed a lot of things for me. Uh, the people I met, the connections I made, hell, the beefsteak night, the people I made there now, so many of those people are good friends of mine. Like yourself, I met you there. And uh, that was really a big uh, game changer for me. And uh, the conference was, but just being around all those people that I met, you know, was a it's real about thing. The people. And, it's about yeah, the networking. Yeah. And, and also for people who are coming, um, they need to pay attention to your page when you list those satellite events, because some of those are great. I think, I think we have someone putting together, is there a basketball game going on? You know something about a basketball game? I guess there's a basketball game. Someone's putting a basketball yeah. game together. So, so someone contacted me today, wanted to know if they could be in charge of putting together the BitBlock Boom team. <laughs> yeah, so there's the 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 bitcoin classic or bitcoin basketball classic i believe uh mm-hmm. going down but some of the other top tier events there's going to be a miami bitcoin beef steak so you have to follow a waste slice and keep an eye out when on being there are going to sell immediately yeah you know next week they're having one of those in austin you know waste slice is doing one in austin and yep matter of fact i messaged him this morning Best. and said hey i want to be there don't forget that in miami Hey, I, I think that there's a handful of insiders that Oasis will help. But honestly, everyone gets free game at this. Oasis said tickets coming soon, and I saw the tweet got like two retweets. 
It's like, I think insiders don't want to retweet it because they don't want to tell anyone. <laughs> but like, if you follow Away Slice, turn on your notifications. And then in the next two weeks, as yeah. soon as those tickets come out, you buy tickets to the beefsteak because you will not They're going to sell oh out God. fast. They're going to sell. I actually <laughs> told you, like, I said, just want to make sure you know, I don't care where you have a beef slice dinner at, a beefsteak dinner, I want to come. I don't care if you have three this year, five this year, one a month. Let me know There's where it's going to be at. a lot. Yeah, well, I want to go to He's coming out lot. with a fury. <laughs> he's doing Austin. He's doing, uh, he's doing Miami. He's probably going to do New York. We tried um, to get him to do Dallas for Bitbot Boom but for Wednesday night, but his family and him are doing something that week, so it didn't work out. Because mm-hmm. I thought that'd be good to, to kick it off the day you know, before with him uh, here, because that's just a great event. But uh, I'm, I'm fighting. I'm fighting my coworkers for Bitbot Boom tickets. Oh, oh! We 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 have the two tickets uh, for like our media arrangement, and uh, everyone wants those tickets. Gary, you probably have the hottest event in Bitcoin in terms of like an exclusive insider only Bitcoin event. Well, it's uh, I you know, it's it's funny. It sold out like a month ago, and um, I I had not foreseen that it would sell out a month ago, and it's not till August. I really never foresaw that, so. Uh, I'm, I'm happy that it sold out for sure. And I think the fact that it's not super big is, you know, we're at both extremes on the events here um, because it's limited. It's uh, more valuable, even though it's not really expensive, it's just more valuable of a ticket to people. Um, so um, where well, yours has a lot, yours is like uh, going to the fair kind of you got so much stuff to do you really do you got this over here you got well you got all this stuff going on it's like going to the fair except it's bitcoin fair i mean and who doesn't want to talk about bitcoin and who doesn't want to go to the fair or circus i mean it's like it's like all of it thrown into one thing and it's in miami to boot that was a great great move moving to miami yeah i was down there like three weeks ago for 10 days and oh my gosh i can't believe how many bitcoiners in miami even when there's no conference going on. I mean, that doesn't have to be a conference going on. And every day I did one to two things that were Bitcoin related over a 10 day period. I mean, so that's Bitcoin city. Miami is pretty much the most Bitcoin place I've ever been, you know, for there not being a Bitcoin conference going on. Yeah, I mean, and I, I know you're going to be in Austin, so I'm sure that the Austonians would say that, no, Austin is the real Bitcoin city and we have the most Bitcoin things going on. Uh, but in general, I, I want to talk to you about like, what what are you seeing now? Like you're in Texas, you're kind of seeing like certain states put their foot down for freedom as well as um, areas start becoming like almost like Bitcoin congregation areas. Um, like what's your take on like the Bitcoin community Bitcoin culture um, and, you know, what, you know, what's kind of unfolding here in terms of like people congregating in these cities? Well, Austin does have a strong Bitcoin thing. I'm going down there this weekend for a Bitcoin, Bitcoin and guns or something. Uh, And then the next weekend I'll be down there for the beefsteak. And I believe College Station is having a uh, Bitcoin or a blockchain event uh, down there. It's a Bitcoin event. It's a proper Bitcoin event. And it is the lineup is unbelievable, Gary. Most of them are calling it in, though. Most of them are zooming it in. Still, it doesn't matter. They're paying attention. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. Um, But it's not like you're going to go down there and meet Michael Saylor. I mean, you know, it's it's um, but it's a great event. I I can't make it to that event. So I'm going down for the beefsteak. But, you know, Texas has just put up a bill in the House of Representatives to make a Bitcoin cryptocurrency is legal tender, I think, in the uh, state of Texas. So things are happening here. Bitcoin, as far as um, the coronavirus uh, and being told what to do by Washington, D.C. is like Florida. I mean, they're just doing what in the hell they want to do. You know, just going about their own business. You know, I think both states believe in being individual states doing what they want to do, um, where some states don't believe that for California, for instance, is pretty much locked down where Miami and Texas are unlocked completely, you know, so. And I I love the jurisdictional arbitrage because, you know, it's kind of creates pressure because you're seeing in Canada, they're doing another lockdown. Mm. Whereas like in California, like they're talking about, okay, we're still opening, we're still opening. And I think it's because there's so much pressure um, from these other states that are like, Hey, we're opening and we're fine. Yeah. There's uh, you know, 
It's funny when it's in Florida, I thought it was strange. Florida is really open like Texas is, but you saw a lot of people just like on Miami. I'd be walking down the main street in Miami and are down the beach in a trail or something like that. It'd be just people walking by themselves with a mask on. I mean, they're just walking. It's not required by law, but they just got a mask on. There's no one within 50 feet of them. I mean, I'm not a big wearer of masks personally, but I figured there must have been a lot of tourists there that were from these states that are shut down and they are so used to wearing a mask that even when they get to a place that's not required, they're just in the habit of having it on or someone yelling at them for having it off that they just keep it on. You get yeah, I found trained, that odd because you don't see that as much here, but that's more of a tourist place there. So I yeah. thought maybe it was more tourists there doing that. Yeah, maybe if you're in Tampa or something like that, you wouldn't see that as much. Yeah, because, yeah, maybe you, I mean, you get trained in Miami. In yeah, California, yeah. like, you get trained, like, you just, like, put it on, and you're just like, I have to, like, untrain myself. I'm like, no, I don't need, like, this is unnecessary. This is stupid, so. Yeah, I actually, here in Texas, I don't wear my mask anywhere, even even if the door says it, unless they come up to me and say, hey, you need to put your mask on. Then I'll go, okay. But, I mean, unless someone asks me, and you go in there, and it's not, I say, no mask, and you go in there, and there's 40 people in there, no one has a damn mask on. It's kind of like, I think, like 7-Elevens. They make you put those signs on the door if you have a 7-Eleven, the corporate office. But they aren't making you enforce it, I guess. But they're making you put that sign on the door. It's interesting. Um, so I guess, Gary, I mean, we're both in the business of kind of like creating opportunities for the Bitcoin community to come together, right? And to uh, into network, uh, you know, both with Bitcoin 2021 and BitBlock Boom uh, throughout the years, like... Tell me about some lessons you've learned from just like kind of being a cultivator of, you know, Bitcoin community. I've learned that it's harder to keep um, shit coiners out of your event. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's hard to, you know, I do a barbecue every month, BitBlock barbecue, and it's by private invitation. They have to get on my mailing list. I check them out and then they'll bring people with them who are shit coiners. That's kind of weird, even though, and then I tell them that they can't talk about shit coins and if they bring a shit coiner again that's trying to push Bitcoin, shit coins. I know that's not what you were asking for, but that's the first thing that came to mind. You know, that's hilarious though. No, it like, you know, and you, you do a lot of curation with your events. Cause like, I you do. don't want to hear the noise. I actually, if someone says they want to come to the barbecue event, I look at their Twitter posts, their Twitter page and try to see if they've ever posted them. And I tell people, sometimes I go, you can't come. You're a shit coiner. And they go, what do you mean? I'm a shit coiner. I go, look at your Twitter page, dude. You know, I say, well, I own some Bitcoin. I say, well, that really doesn't make you a Bitcoiner just because you own some Bitcoin. I mean, you know. Um, so so. I, what I would say is in the grand scheme of things, they're Bitcoiners. And the, uh, in the Bitcoin slash crypto ecosystem, they are very much shitcoiners. And I like it's hilarious. Like I, I put out a lot of like kind of like hooks out there, like trying to get the community to engage with Bitcoin magazine. And I get tons of DMs and always do this. Like I got to look through their account and like bet them. Same thing with like clubhouse. If I'm running a clubhouse, people are always raising their hand, wanting to like jump in. I got to, I got to look through what they're doing. Sometimes they'll even click through to their Twitter. And if they're a shake coiner, I'm like, you're not coming in. I'm sorry. Oh, you know, I was getting ready to, I was going to do a, a clubhouse for um, Swan uh, boomer clubhouse. Um, and uh, I was wondering about that. So, yeah, I hadn't even thought about that. So when someone's raising their hand, just go to their Twitter page real quick and see. Yeah, they usually they list their Twitter page. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's really easy to go to their Twitter page. Yeah, you just click on them and see your Twitter page, click a link, and you got two screens. Wait, hell, you don't even use Clubhouse on your damn computer. So, yeah, that's uh, that's an interesting uh, tip to know. Thank you. I appreciate it. There you, you go. Know, Always I be out, screening I found, out, <laughs> I found out that, you know, Bitcoiners, for the most part, are really, really good people. They really are. Um, that's the thing I've learned from doing this. They have a way of thinking that they are pretty much maybe tunnel vision to a degree because they uh, think Bitcoin is it and they don't think there's any use messing with other things. But they're really pretty nice people, pretty helpful people. And they're just going to stick by the principles, though, is the thing. They'll spend their time with you. They'll help a newbie out. They'll mean but they're just stuck on their principles and they're 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 gonna follow the ship to hell before they uh give up on their bitcoin i mean they'll watch it go to zero uh before they give up on their bitcoin but some of the best people i know i've met at bitcoin events and you know and i really and maybe it was being arrogant you know 
five years ago, I would go to something and I say, I'm one of the smarter people in the room. I would think to myself, now I go to an event and I go, God, I'm the dumbest person here. So it really humbled me also and changed my whole way of thinking uh, that I realized that I'm one of the dumber people in the room now. So maybe that's what it took to make me know my place. Yeah, I'm pretty comfortable being like in the bottom 10% of any Bitcoin conversation. Yeah, and I'm not meaning, seriously, I thought I was the smartest, but I thought I was one of the top, you know, before. And now I think I'm down at the bottom of the just waiting for the leftover pieces of information I can pick up, you know. I mean, but that's the beautiful thing about Bitcoin is that you don't have to have deep, deep down understanding in order to understand that Bitcoin is better money and saving it will saving in it will give me an edge. Like a plug can do that. And that's the whole point. That's why you have the, the like the, the bell curve um, right. where, um, you know, the people at both ends, the geniuses and the plebs, the normies, they get it because it, it's just so simple. It's just like Bitcoin's better money. You can, you know, you don't have to know all the intricacies in order to get that. I should save in it. I should denominate value in it. And I'll have an advantage because of that. You know, I have a a, a giant, I mean, gigantic uh, sports card autograph collection. I mean, I have $70,000 worth of items on eBay right now. And I haven't even really touched, I mean, half of my collection. So for the last year, I've been selling my, (laughs) my autograph collection to buy Bitcoin. You know, um, and then I've got things like, you know, book by Margaret Thatcher, President Eisenhower. I mean, I've got really stuff you can't get anymore. A lot of stuff from Rosa Parks. I mean, a yeah. lot of things. And uh, we're selling, yeah. just selling it all Historical off. articles. Yeah, yeah. I've got uh, a map signed by uh, Colin Powell, Schwarzenegger, Schwarzkopf, and President Bush of uh, Iran, Iraq you know, from uh, Desert Storm. I mean, I've got... Yeah, you need to sell that bad boy. Yeah, I've got a lot of major <laughs> Dump that pieces. toxic crap for some Bitcoin. Well, that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm putting it on there as fast as... I have one... You ever see that movie, Field of Dreams, about the girls' baseball players? I have one of the yeah. uniforms worn in that movie. You know, I mean, I have a huge collection. So I'm selling all this stuff off that I don't need this crap anymore. I need more Bitcoin. And this is the quickest way I can think of to get more Bitcoin is to sell this crap off. So we're just me and at my store in the back room, we're listing stuff on eBay every day. You know, every, every week I bring boxes of stuff up there and instead of the people working the websites, they're they're adding stuff to eBay to get rid of it. Every sale is sats. It's awesome. It is sats. It is sats. It is sats. So Um, I tell people, I say that to tell people, sell your stuff. Don't keep that stuff. Don't collect stuff. When you get old like me, you don't want that crap anymore anyway. So quit collecting cards. Quit collecting comic books. Quit collecting whatever in the hell you're collecting. Sell it all. Buy Bitcoin. And then someday, instead of having issue number 1,000 of Batman, someday you can go issue by issue number one. You know, so sell all that crap and buy Bitcoin. I freaking love that. I put out a tweet, Bitcoin enables extreme minimalism. No. Well, yeah, I'm a shitcoin minimalist. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you're you're minimizing all the clutter, like your collectibles and all this, like fiat stores of value that never even stored yes. value. Yeah, yeah, it did. But you know, some of it really went up in value, but not like Bitcoin's going up in value. I mean, yeah. it's, yeah, so it's not even close. But yeah, I've got... I've got closets full of this stuff. I mean, it's mind boggling. I didn't realize how much stuff I had, you know, collected over the years. I mean, um, you know. How good does it feel to cleanse? Oh, it feels good. It feels good to see the stats, the stack, the sats. Especially, you know, I sold a year ago. What was Bitcoin a year ago? $7,000, $8,000. I sold three boxes of cards. I had no idea they were so much. I got uh, $7,000 for them for the three boxes of cards. So I bought like nine tenths of a Bitcoin. So now a year later, that nine tenths of a Bitcoin is like 50 grand. I mean, approximately. So those were three nice boxes of cards I sold. I mean, when you see that happen, you're pretty damn excited about selling your crap. Yeah. God, that's a great sound bite. That one's going on Twitter. (laughs) 
Man, you're pretty damn excited about selling your crap. I, I'm not even selling my crap. I'm just like throwing shit away. I just don't want shit anymore. Like I just yeah. want to like have what I need and that's it. And then focus on stacking sets. Well, that, that's a good way to do it. But there's nothing wrong with throwing something on the eBay and selling and buying more stats sets too. Yeah, I, I think you just have more valuable stuff accumulated than me, Gary. All, oh, all of the stuff I've accumulated is just bullshit. Well, that's possible. Hell, I, you know, I'm 66, you know, and I've been stacking trash since I was in my 20s. Man, I got stuff. I don't know why I got so much. You know, it's kind of like I think I saw George Carlin sometimes once say, you know, old people like collect stuff and they get so much stuff, then they have to buy like a mini warehouse in their backyard to put their stuff in. So now they got the house full of stuff, a mini warehouse in the backyard, and then their kids, they die and their kids come and go, what's with all this crap that they've been saving forever and throw it all away? So I figure my kids aren't going to throw my sats away. You know, they'll, they won't be throwing those away when I die. Yeah, no, they'll be saying thank you very, very much for getting rid of your stack or your shit and buying sets. <laughs> and I figure in a couple of years, I'm just going to be traveling anyway, so I don't want all that crap in here that I have to keep up with, you know. So God, uh, the life of a sovereign individual. Like, how much? So, like, you you were an entrepreneur. You already controlled your life more than the majority of people out there. Like, if the listeners who don't know Gary, like, Gary's the man. Gary's made it before Bitcoin. And that put them in a position like Michael Saylor in your own way, in your own size, to really take advantage of the information asymmetry here. But, like, can you talk about, like, the freedom that Bitcoin gives you, that gives people that adopt it, Bitcoiners that you've met and, you know, like how that kind of affects how you look at the world? Yeah, yeah. I uh, Actually, when I was in Miami, I met some Bitcoiners that I did a lot with that really um, changed my thoughts on things. Not completely, because I've always worked for myself, but I talked to one of them. Uh, I met someone, I'm not going to say names, but he'd been buying Bitcoin since it was $8, uh, he said. And so I guess you'd call him an OG for sure. And I asked him, I said, what are you doing nowadays? He goes, oh, nothing, just hanging out traveling and that's all he does is travel and he gets loans on bitcoin you know uh and lives off of that borrowing on his bitcoin so you know he even though he may be in his 30s is where i should be right now instead of trying to get rid of all this crap i have you know so i can do that so you know bitcoin really once you I, I guess the same thing happens with money, though. Uh, CK, once you get enough of it, you can do whatever in the hell you want to do. You know, I've always been self-employed since I was like 26, 27. You know, I've been had my own business. And, uh, you know, my businesses have had to evolve because I've not made, I'm not like Michael Saylor. I haven't made this great corporation or anything. You know, I've just made businesses that support my family and give me a good life and my family and my kids you know, went to school and they were lucky when they went to college, it was paid for. I made enough to pay for their college instead of them having to come out with debt. So, so I've done good, but I haven't done Michael Saylor good, but being, I think whether you have Bitcoin or cash, if you have enough of assets, you're going to enjoy life, especially if you're your own damn boss, but, or to me, that was all I ever wanted. I don't think I could work for anyone, you know. Do you think, do you think that Bitcoin helps you become your own boss? Yeah, I definitely think it becomes your own, helps you become your own boss. But I think it helps you become your own boss faster. You know, I think it's the same thing. It's your worth. I think it's harder for someone to accumulate enough cash to become their own boss now compared to how Bitcoin can help them become their own boss, if that makes any sense to you. I think it's hard. I think kids got it pretty damn hard today. I mean, you're getting out of school. The average kid isn't in the situation my kids were in where their parents – you know, my kids, I told them I would pay for their college, but they had to take care of their kids. So they could pay for it now and owe it forever or when they had a lot of money, hopefully pay it, you know, then. They were going to pay for college at one point in time, whether they're paying for it for themselves or whether they wanted to pay for the kids. They had the choice. And I think that they'll stick with that now. I think they'll have assets to do it with. But I think uh, Bitcoin makes it easier for kids nowadays because, like I said, I think it's rough on a kid. Number one, I don't know how in the hell they can afford a house nowadays with the prices of houses, you know, and they're going through the roofs. And I see these houses, people be, especially out there in damn California. Oh my gosh. You buy a two bedroom piece of crap that's falling apart and it's three, four, $500,000. And then you got to like 
still fix it up. It's a fixer upper. You know, now here in Texas, you know, for that much money, you can get five bedrooms, five and a half baths on the land. You know, so, I mean, you got to really want to live, you know, in New York or Washington State or California. I guess you really got to have a lot of great stuff going on there. Don't um, buy in California. You got to, yeah. if you in California, you rent. Okay, That's my there, take. Well, there That's you go. Because like As I said, a Californian. You know, if you move out here, and now it's getting more expensive out here because of all the people like in Austin. You know, they're moving out there from California. There was a house I read the other day listed for $700,000, and they bidded it up to a million and a hundred. You, you, you can't get houses right now in Austin. It's yeah. stupid. Yeah, it's stupid. So I don't know if that was going to go everywhere, but I don't know. I just so, feel sorry for kids nowadays because it was a lot easier when I was a, when I was you, growing up. Do you think that it was easier because cash worked and people weren't plowing all of their value into real estate and stocks? You know, it, it was just... I guess the dollar hadn't been off of uh, gold long enough for it to get as screwed up as it is now. And you didn't have the printing like it is now. Now, you know, it's like on steroids. I always go, you know, when I was a kid, a Coke was six cents. Now it's what, 350 if you want a Coke out of a machine and six bucks, six cents out of a machine. I don't know what the math is on that, but if you do the same math and do that now, it's going to be $300, you know, by the time a kid who's six is 66 you know, for a Coke. So the, the, the inflation rate is, I guess it's kind of like Bitcoin, you know, to a big degree, you know, when you get Bitcoin and you have some Bitcoin cause you watch your stack. Okay. And you're watching your stack. And when you're starting out, it goes up, you have a really good day and it goes up 5%. And you go, Oh, look, I made a little bit of money. But if you get enough Bitcoin and that stack goes up 5%, you go, Oh my God, I made a whole hell of a lot of money. That was my income for a year, you know, at one point in my life. So the more Bitcoin you have, you know, which is the same thing with money, I guess, and same thing with inflation, the more of it there is, the faster it rises with little percentages. I don't know if that makes any sense what I was trying to get out there, but um, I don't know. Like I said, I just really feel feel sorry for kids starting out today. They're going to have, not only is our government screwing them every way they can, the government has screwed them with their money. I mean, totally. And they have no chance. I mean, very little chance, you know, how many kids now come out of, I mean, I wonder how many kids now they're coming out of high school in their twenties or whatever, 19, 18, 20, you know, that age, not necessarily come out of high school. I wonder what the percentage of those people who in 40 years are going to be on their own, their house paid for, not making house payments, not paying rent, you know, the cars are paid for all this stuff compared to today. I just think it's going to be a much smaller number. I think they're going to be in debt. More of them are going to be in debt till they die. You know, uh, unless Bitcoin hits mass. Uh, yes. yeah. yeah, unless they're into Bitcoin. Mass penetration, yeah. Yeah, yeah. But if they're just like if they're not if they don't get into Bitcoin soon enough, they they're going to be that that number's going to be a lot less. Cuz I think well, it's nothing wrong with having a house when I bought houses when I was a kid cuz you paid it off and I paid off my house in 15 years. You know, it wasn't that much more. A lot of people did. Now, you can't afford to pay off a house in 15. You can hardly afford to pay it off in 30. Yeah. I mean, what you you can uh, pay off a house in 15 years with one income, right? Mm-hmm. Ish. Two, two here. Uh, yeah. Or it took okay. me two. But, uh, you know, but, you know, that's another point. You know, now you have to have a second income to do what my parents could do with one income. You know, I had to have two incomes to do it. So my yeah, parents, millennials just need two incomes to stay afloat. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm saying. My my parents needed one income to buy a house, raise kids, do all this stuff. We weren't rich, but we had a fine life. We didn't know we weren't rich. I mean, kids don't know, but we yeah. had a fine life. But then when it comes to me, we needed two incomes to do the same things and maybe a little better. But basically, when you got to it, it's the same damn thing. So Bitcoin yeah. is a way to keep people that are coming up now able to do these things and afford to afford to be there i think i don't know so i have one last question for you gary and then we can wrap it up this has been sure. an awesome conversation because um, i'm just i'm just uh, got diarrhea of the mouth i'm not making any sense probably <laughs> no come on no you're you're, you're it, this is this has been great I, i'm excited to put this out um but you know you you've kind of branded yourself as the de facto bitcoin boomer you've been helping people who you know not tech, you know, native like millennials, uh, you know, understand and grok Bitcoin. Can you just talk about like your experience, like 
educating Bitcoin or, you know, educating people, you know, kind of in your cohort um, about Bitcoin and why it's important? Well, you know, there most of the people my age that I know are stuck in their uh, way of doing things. They aren't very technical. You know, my, most of my friends are the kind of people who would go, yeah, I check my, my emails once a month, even if I don't have to, you know, like thinking that's a funny joke going, you know, I'm going, who even wants to fucking even check an email anyway? They haven't even moved beyond email yet. But most of my friends my age are really asking about Bitcoin, but they're still into stocks, working with a broker. They're not, they don't understand the concept of being your own bank. That's a hard concept for someone my age to be your own bank. That's, that's where it comes from. They want someone taken care of, and they're used to being kind of taken care of. And, you know, I found that, well, everybody that I've just about, everybody I've gotten into Swan, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not going to even give up my affiliate link because that's not my deal here. But I like to start off my friends with Swan. And you could do it with Cash App. You could do it with River. All of them now let you do DCA. But if you can get them DCAing, I don't even care if you get them DCAing $10 a week. Then they start looking at that and they start seeing it and they start educating themselves. I had a friend that I got to buy Bitcoin in 2017. I talked to about a month or two ago and I said, hey, do you even understand what's going on here, my friend, with this? I've known this guy since elementary school. I called him out specifically to talk to him about this. He goes, no, I don't know what's going on, but I remember you told me in 2017 to buy some Bitcoin. So I bought $300 worth. I said, have you looked at it to see what it's worth today? And he goes, no, I hadn't looked at it since 2017. So, you know, I found that getting people to buy Bitcoin didn't really serve them well because they did not watch it. That's a perfect example. But that same person after that call, I got him, sent him a link to Swan and said, you need to start dollar cost averaging. And then within a month, he called me and said, hey, I just want you to know I just bought $10,000 worth of Bitcoin today, where by seeing it on a regular basis, he was keeping up with it, but he had Bitcoin. He made more money off the Bitcoin than he bought at $300, you know, in 2017 than he did off of what he bought a month before he decided to buy $10,000 worth. But buying it on a regular basis and looking at it, because he gets a reminder, you bought 10, you bought, I don't know if, she, I don't know if he's buying 10 or 100, you know, but you, you bought some Bitcoin today. He goes, oh, let me see what's going on. And he looks at his app and he sees that it's gone up or something. Then the next week he gets an email, you bought some Bitcoin. And he's looking at it. So it makes you look at it. And that's the key. That's the key. It's not like trying to get them into explaining what blockchain is and explaining all this crap. They don't care about all that. They just want to make money and they got some money. And they start seeing they're making money. They want to know why they're making money. And they're going to learn some of the basic stuff on it. And they're going to raise. I've had another person that did almost the same thing. I started him with Swan. And he just came out and bought $100,000 within three months you know, Bitcoin. So I've had really good success on starting people out with dollar cost averaging. Now they've got money, you know, because I mean, a lot of my peer group or people I hang out with have money. So they've got the money. But if I just went up to either one of those two people and said, hey, I want you to buy $10,000 or I want you to buy $100,000 worth of Bitcoin, it wasn't going to happen. But because I said, here's what you need to do. And I got them dollar cost averaging. There got to be a point where it clicked. And they said, wow, this is this is doing pretty damn good. I need to put more money into this, you know? So that's, that's what I have found out is the key to getting the key to me to getting a boomer on is just getting the dollar cost averaging. Even if you get them $10 a month, you know, but you're going, it's not even worth doing $10 a month, but if you get them doing it. And then I think the guy who started the guy who bought a hundred, then he started dollar cost averaging a thousand to boot, you know, and he started at maybe a hundred or something. So um, that's, that's my that's what that's all I focus on anymore is just getting my sister 70. I got her a dollar cost averaging. Now she's calling me all the time telling me about Bitcoin, you know, sending me articles, you know, about Bitcoin that she'll see somewhere. Like I don't know anything well, about Well, she has it. time to to read all the stuff that's being produced about it, you know. Yeah, well now so she's interested. She's interested, yeah. But she was would not have been interested if she because people think they gotta put a lot in the game, and that gets that over that too. Dollar cost averaging gets them out of that mode too. So you solve that problem, too, that you don't have to have a whole Bitcoin. You solved a lot of problems by getting them to buy $10, $20, you know, on dollar cost averaging. It answers a lot of problems and questions that they have. Just that fact. Yeah, yeah. I've had a ton of success with dollar cost averaging as well. Uh, and it's just like 
a, a very low barrier to entry skin in the game. Like you can convince anyone. Uh, my key is I always tell them to go weekly and I ask them like, how much can you spare a week? Like this thing could go to the moon. How much can you spare a week? Sometimes it's $5. Sometimes it's $20. Doesn't matter. Great. Well, okay, cool. Let's just do it. Here you go. That's a secret skin in the game. My, my friend in 2017 had skin in the game, which we're talking about, but because he had no reminder of his skin in the game, he wasn't getting that email on a regular basis that your dog costs averaging. He never went back. Now I'm sure he's going, damn, I wish I'd have kept up with it back in 2017, you know, rather than deciding to buy when it was 50,000. But skin in the game is great, but they need to have something that makes them stay aware of their skin in the game. Not just someone says, hey, I'm getting ready to buy some Bitcoin. They said, yeah, I got some of that. They have no idea what happened with it, but they know they got some. They bought it four years ago rather than getting the the, the email update. Because I don't care who you buy it with, dollar cost averaging, you're going to get a text or you're going to get an email. You're going to get some kind of notification telling you you just bought some more Bitcoin. And that's the key is to buy it on a regular, have skin in the game on a regular basis instead of one time. If you want someone to become a Bitcoiner instead of owning some Bitcoin, you know, it's just according to what they want to do. Do you want them to be a Bitcoiner or just own some Bitcoin? You know, yep. I want to become a Bitcoiner. Yep. No. And I mean, that's why, you know, you start them with DCAing with Swan and then you uh, graduate them to a uh, full toxic status at a beefsteak dinner and Bitblock Boom. So it's the full that's, that's uh, the Bitcoiner plan. life cycle. <laughs> That's the plan. That's the plan. And just keep them away from that thinking that they need to go do some crypto trading in the meantime. Trading you know? is such a waste of time. It's like it you, is. you just you make more money just holding it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Gary, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on the show. Hey, I I'm excited to get this one out. Yeah, I always enjoy chatting with you. We don't talk enough. I'm sorry I won't see you in Austin. I was hoping that I would see you down there, but I'll see you in Miami plenty. Well, you got to say what's up to uh, my man, Nick Campmine, and my dude, uh, Joe Rogers, who will both be at Guns and Bitcoin. Uh, oh, I'll so see them the, in two days then. Yeah, the Bitcoin Magazine team will be at all the Austin events. Uh, but unfortunately, uh, I, I'm, I'm stuck here in, uh, in San Francisco. Well, I um, went actually and bought some shells today because... You know, shells are hard to find for your gun right now. It's hard to find shells. So I went over to the local shooting range because they'll sell you shells if you're going to shoot at the range. So I went over and said, I want to rent a lane for $10. Can I buy a box of shells? And I just went in and shot three or four shots just to screw with it. And then I left because so, I just wanted my shells, you know, because yeah. I'm scared I'll get down there and they won't have any. And I've gone down to a shooting event this weekend and not have any uh, shells. Yeah. yeah, you know, I've heard there's a premium on those bullets, but um, Bitcoiners, gun printing, and guns in general, uh, they all fit into freedom. So it's going to be a great weekend. It sounds like a great event. We're getting ready to add a um, guns and Bitcoin bullets and Bitcoin event to Bitblock Boom. So <laughs> let's we're go. That too. So I thought this would be a good weekend to go to see how he. Uh, I've never been to a, a gun event, I've just hunted since I was a kid. We lived on wooded land, so we just went shooting guns all the damn time. But I've never been to an actual gun event. So I said, well, hell, this is a good way to check out my first gun event. We're talking about Bitcoin. You know, I'm going to see all these Bitcoiners. Why not? And I can learn, uh, hopefully, some tips on making mine a better event. Well, unfortunately, the listeners of this pod uh, will have already missed guns and Bitcoin. But uh, check it out in 2022. Ragdar's killing the game over there. Yeah. Um, Gary, where can people find you online? I see if they're watching the video, they, can, they already can see your, your two handles. Yeah, I'm just Gary Leland pretty much. Every, I think everywhere except for Instagram. I don't know how I missed that. I'm, I'm Gary Dash Leland, but just Gary. If you search Gary Leland on Google, I think I'm like the first 10 pages, you know, so you can pick. <laughs> just just go all the way through all the pages. It used to be some Gary Leland on Twitter. It used to be some dead guy that committed suicide named Gary Leland. He was like number eight or something, but he's gotten fallen off the record, whoever he was. There aren't a lot of Gary Leland. Gary's not a real popular name anymore anyway. That's kind of an old person name. Yeah, well, uh, hey, Gary, I, I appreciate uh, you coming on. Um, to, all the listeners, to all the listeners, follow the podcast at Bitcoin Magazine. You can follow me at CK underscore 
snarks and yeah hey i enjoyed it too uh like i said i'm gonna wrestle one of those book block boom tickets away from uh the the likes of nick can't mind and uh and joe rogers but i'm excited to see you in the flesh of miami yeah sounds great sounds i'm looking forward to it all right peace A quick reminder that all of the content in this episode is for informational and entertainment purposes only. You should not construe the information as legal, tax, investment, financial, or any other advice. Nothing contained in this presentation constitutes a solicitation, recommendation, or offer by BTC Media, the Let's Talk Bitcoin Podcast Network, or any third-party service provider to buy or sell securities or any other financial instruments. Do your own research.